Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, this is the Relunchables Podcast. I'm Jordan Holzer, and each episode we'll be breaking down another 90s, early 2000s kids movie. I am not alone. Each episode I'll be having on special guests to help me relive my childhood. This is a bonus episode in which I bring on one of the stars of Smart House, Jason Lansing, who plays the role of Johnny. You may also know him from his role in the hit show and one of my personal favorites, Freaks and Geeks. So let's get into my interview with Jason Lansing. And just because I love hearing it, let's play the Disney Channel original movie, Intro Music. We are now joined by one of the stars of Smart House, Jason Lansing, who plays the iconic role of uh, Johnny, no last name, I believe. Jason, thank you so much for joining the Relunchables podcast. It's good to be here. It's good to be here. Thank you for having me. I know you must get bombarded with interview requests for you know this performance, so I'm so glad we were able to book you and we're able to get in touch with your people on this one. <laughs> yeah, my people being yeah, just myself, <laughs> and you're the first person. This is my first podcast, you know. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm glad we were able to, uh, you know, pop your cherry on this one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm very excited to be here. It's probably, you know, out of all the uh, little things that I've done in my acting career, like this is definitely the one that people get the most excited about. Sure, I could see why. So uh, before we get into Smart House specifically, I want to, I guess, take you back a little bit. And what made you get into acting as a kid? Um, I was in Palm Springs. I grew up in Palm Springs and it was just something to do. It was like a sport, you know? Um, and I think I was just kind of, um, I think I was just kind of like a, like most actors. I just kind of like didn't know where I fit in. I wasn't necessarily like a football player or a baseball player. And it just kind of made sense. One day my mom asked me, Hey, do you want to try acting classes? And I said, Sure. Uh, and so I started going to acting classes in Palm Springs and then my parents said, you know, do you want to do this Los Angeles thing? Do you want to go do auditions and, and drive out to LA? And luckily I had parents who were crazy committed to helping me out and they would drive me from Palm Springs to auditions in LA, um, you know, maybe two or three times a week, sometimes classes on the weekends. Wow. Um, and then I just like hit the, you know, that the acting grind. No, that's uh, that's some uh, that's some grind for especially a young kid trying to balance school and auditioning and all yeah. of that. School uh, auditioning and no and no Google Maps. <laughs> yeah. And that's a drive from Palm Springs to L.A. That's not a quick uh, 20 minute ride there. It's not a jaunt. It's tw- two hours. Oh, my God. I'm curious for Smart House specifically. How did the casting process go for that film? Um, so I feel like the first auditions were in, uh, like central LA. I think I got it on my third call and we, uh, the, the third call was out in Santa Clarita. And I think the first couple ones, you know, it kind of ends up being like the first ones with the, with the casting director, 
The second one's with maybe producers. The third one's with like everyone they can grab, you know, the director, any other actors they can they can have there. Um, so I'm pretty sure LeVar Burton, the director, was in the room. Um, and I knew that this was like the last call. And there, there were a lot of people there. And, um, you know, like that feeling never went away. It was always really scary, you know. Uh, but I did the audition. I felt that they liked it. And I remember we went to an Outback Steak, me and my dad, went to an Outback Steakhouse afterwards. And uh, that's when we got the call. Hey, is Jason available for da da da, such and such dates? And just that feeling like nothing beats it. Uh, you know, it's just like winning anything, I guess. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're just totally elated for the first couple hours. And you're like, okay, now I have to learn the lines and my few lines and get to work. So you celebrated over a blooming onion, right? That's right. A blooming <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I haven't been back there lately. I don't know what they <laughs> add another joke. I don't I don't know what they what else they have there. Uh anything you remember about the shoot specifically? Okay, I remember I uh you know something that was cool for me, I got my screen actors guild card on that. So that was yeah. like that's a big deal for any actor. For any actor, you know, it's always like, how do you get your card? How do you get your card? Um, so many people will do background work and they get vouchers. I think at the time you get like uh, six or seven vouchers and that would get you your card. Um, so this was my th second or third job, you know, and getting that was like huge win. Yeah, so that was really awesome. Um, I remember um, shooting at the school, uh, you know, getting stuff to the locker all day long. Um, or putting myself in the locker all day long. Um, I remember, here's a fun fun moment. I uh, am walking down the hallway. I think uh, Ryan has just won the house. And, um, and we're walking down the hallway and he goes, LeVar says, okay, you're walking down, just ad lib as you're walking towards me. Um, and I didn't think anyone could hear me. And so, um, I thought it would be funny if I started, if I was talking about how amazing Reading Rainbow was the, the <laughs> night before, because LeVar was the host of Reading Rainbow. And so I'm walking down the hallway and I was like, oh my God, did you see that book on Reading Rainbow yesterday? That was the most amazing book. And all of a sudden I hear, cut! LeVar <laughs> comes over to me and he's like, what was what was that? What are you what are you doing? I was like, you said ad lib, you know, like I'm just kind of moving my mouth. He's like, no, we can hear you. Everybody can hear you. I was like, okay, I should probably uh, okay, I'll come up with something else. I'll come up with something else. Uh, so that was fun, you know. Um, I remember the so the house was on a studio at Santa Santa Clarita Studios. Um. So that was cool, just showing up on the first day and, you know, just seeing the whole house and being there and all the little gadgets they'd come up with. Um, I think, yeah, I remember the day I showed up, they just shot that orange, like, I guess it produced the, the smoothie maker produces too many oranges. So there's like a bunch of fake oranges everywhere. Um... I remember learning that dance that we do in front of the <laughs> giant green screen. I remember being handed that orange jacket thinking like, is this the coolest thing ever or the worst thing ever? I have no idea. <laughs> Watch, watching the movie the other night, I'm so, I guess, impressed that 
you and Ryan just kind of knew the dance moves. It's like you almost like rehearsed going into that. I'm like, how did these kids just randomly know this dance by this <laughs> random band five? I, I don't get it, but uh, it was very impressive. It was, uh, yeah, I think it's deeply ingrained in uh, <laughs> you know all the kids of that era. Um, so yeah, like maybe 10 minutes before we shot that scene, we had a choreographer just come over to us and be like, okay, you guys are about, about to do a dance, a choreographed dance. And we're like, what? What do we have to do? And she went ahead and like taught us each of the moves. We probably did it like 10 times together backstage. And then she's like, okay, you guys got it? And we're like, uh, I think so, you know. But luckily, I mean, it was a pretty simple dance. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and it was super fun and I totally had to do it, you know, to all my friends at school when I came back to school, you know, they're like, oh, do the dance, do the dance. <laughs> was the music actually playing? Cause a lot of times they just add that in post. Was it actually playing as you were dancing? You know, I think, I think we did it both ways. We did it to the click track and we did it to, uh, the actual song. So, so we can like actually vibe it and feel yeah. it, you know? They had the lights going, you know. Yeah, pretty awesome. Or after you were done shooting it, and before it came out, what was that like? You just went back to school. You were a normal kid going back on auditions. I'm sure your life kind of changed a little bit, maybe just in school once the movie actually aired on Disney Channel. Yeah, there was definitely like a little bit of like a recognition factor amongst my peers. Um. And it was, uh, yeah, it was great. I mean, it wasn't like door opening, but something that was really cool that happened afterwards was uh, there was a showcase over at the Irvine Amphitheater in, in uh, South Orange County. And they had all of the, they had kind of like this Disney TV movie fest. And so all the kids got out, all, you know, they had like stars from each of the movies. The girl who played Ben's little sister was there. Um, I think, what's the, what's the movie, Alley Cats? Was that it? Alley Cat Strike, yeah. Alley Cat Strike. I'm pretty sure they had people there from Alley Cat Strike. And they had us all come out on stage, you know, give a wave to the fans, <laughs> and see all these screaming kids and stuff, and little kids coming up to me asking for my autograph. That was really fun. You know, like, that was probably the most celebrity that you that I experienced from, from the, the, you know, uh, Smart House craze. Wow. <laughs> I don't know how I would have handled that fame at such a young age like that, uh, even that little bit. I think people forget how uh, impactful those movies were and how many people actually watched them. It was, you know, like five, eight million people watched those Disney Channel original movies. Um, you left such an impression. Thank you. There's, a, there's a, I think, you know, especially now as we are entering like, you know, our late 20s or 30s, um, there's a huge nostalgia factor that's happening, you know, with all things of that era you know there's a certain feeling we remember where we were what we were doing at the time when that movie came out and um so i'm just glad that people you know still get excited about it sure and with the advent of disney plus all these films are out of the vault and they could be watched yeah. and have you seen a resurgence for these movies and you know have you watched it recently what's cool is that they're available you know it's it's available right like before people would say like, oh, that's so cool. Or they would hear about it and be like, oh, I need to, I'd love to watch that, but it wasn't accessible. And now with so many people having Disney Plus, I can just say, hey, check it out. And like new people are introduced to it. I have a friend who just showed his kids the other day and they mm. were so excited. And um, 
that's like the big factor is that yeah like people can actually watch it again and rewatch their favorite scenes where whereas you know they had to wait until that one showing before or yeah. watch some terrible version on youtube that the, where the quality was all degraded and yeah, the quality is still not great rewatching it, to be honest. I feel like it hasn't been properly modified to uh, today's screens. Yeah, I was wondering the same thing. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> why does it still look like it's playing on VHS for somewhere? Yeah. I don't think they realize. I just think they're like, oh, let's just throw it on, but people don't care about the quality. <laughs> right, um, right. They'll just be happy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would regret having you on and not also talking about uh, Freaks and Geeks, which is also such a formative show, obviously created by Judd Apatow and Paul Feig. How did that come about? It, it was a show way ahead of its time, only ran one season. You must feel proud to be part of a show like that. Yeah, you know, like uh, when you're auditioning for the pilot and all this stuff, you have you have no idea what the thing's going to be. Um, so, you know, and you go out on a lot of pilots and I... Um, I think for this one, I initially auditioned for the role um, that, um, oh gosh, what was the, um, do you remember the, the name of one of the geeks uh, with the dark hair? Was it Sam Levine? Sam Levine. So I initially auditioned for Sam Levine's character. Um, and you, that happens like so much. You audition, you know, they kind of try you out for different roles. Um, but then I, I think it was my second call. I was over at CBS Radford in the Valley. And, you know, all of these, again, you have no idea what these things are going to be. It's in a dinky little room in like what feels like a remedial school, you know, like that's like literally the, the environment that you're in. And uh, I came in and read and I immediately recognized Paul Feig from being on Sabrina as he was playing a teacher, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, and come to find out later that he's like, you know, a comedian and also a writer and all this wonderful stuff. And he's obviously gone on to do great things in directing. Um, but I was, you know, a little bit starstruck. I was just like, I thought it was cool that I was reading with the guy from Sabrina. And I think he <laughs> liked that. And we just, we just had like good vibes together, uh, Paul Feig and I. And, um, and so, you know, I did my little line. I think she's high on pot, yep. you know, from from the uh, <laughs> from the pilot, and he just I just got a laugh every time. I don't know. It was, I think it's just the way it came off. Uh, it got a good laugh, and they were like, "Cool," you know. And so when you're on a show like that, so much of your time is spent in a trailer doing schoolwork, you know. And so I was in a trailer with Martin Starr and John Francis Daly and those kids, just like doing math. <laughs> and history and all this stuff we shot at you know a regular um public high school that day that was shut down had a big techno crane opening shot you know going through the bleachers and coming up to us um so it was super fun and especially once it started taking off i was just you know they would call me back again i'd have like a line or two lines yeah but it was still super fun just like being a part of something that was growing and some of the other stars, you know, started having, you know, when they'd leave work for the day, it's, you know, now there's people there asking for autographs and all this stuff. And you're like, oh, whoa, that's interesting. You know, like uh, a few weeks ago, nobody knew who any of us were. And yeah. and I remember, you know, I got to go to a few of the like, the pilot um, picked up, you know, the, when, when the pilot was picked up, I got to go to a party with them. And when 
the first show aired, I got to go to a, another party with them. And it's always just cool being around the whole gang. You know, I remember going up to uh, Seth Rogen being like, probably, we, we never shot together, you know? So I'm like, you probably have no idea who I am. I just wanted to introduce myself. I'm Jason, nice to meet you. And he's like, no, I know you. You're the, you're, you're one of the bully guys, you know? So that was cool. Just like, even the fact that I wasn't, directly involved in some of the scenes with these other people that I still felt part of the gang. That's awesome. And that's a great uh, Seth Rogen impression you just did there. <laughs> it's the worst. I've never done it. So there, that was the first time I got to work on that one. Uh, Jason, I can't thank you enough for your time. We just have five quick rapid fire questions if you're ready. Yeah, yeah let's do it. TV show you're currently binging during this uh, quarantine. Um, I finally, this is really, uh, it's kind of embarrassing, but I finally watched Breaking Bad. Oh, wow. What do you think? Um, it's amazing. You know, it's interesting. I'm watching Breaking Bad. And I'm watching Ozark. The two shows that deal with a lot of the same material, but I got to give it to Breaking Bad for having like really masterful suspense oh, yeah. sequences, like, like where my heart is beating out of my chest. So I, um, it was, uh, you know, so fun to watch and so much um, incredible acting and heart and, uh, you know, really high stakes. So oh yeah. Really Ozarks, obviously. Um, Tiger King. I mean, you know all the big ones. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ozark. They kind of throw everything at you in the pilot. It's already going like a hundred miles an hour. Breaking Bad's much more of a slow burn, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although when you watch, I mean, they're able to turn like these really simple moments uh, into very palpable moments. You know, there's a moment where he puts a. Um, a bomb under, uh, you know, the the um, kingpin's car, expecting to have that blow up, and we're waiting to see if he's gonna get in the car. And there's, it's probably like four or five minutes of just that tension, and it's not a crazy action scene, or you know, it's not physically very intense. Yeah. But the fact that they're able to create that is like really, um, you know, um, entertaining and and suspenseful. Definitely. As a kid, was your childhood closer to Johnny's being stuffed in lockers or your character in Freaks and Geeks kind of being the bully? Yeah, it's interesting, right? Like, what was I? Was I the geeky guy or the, <laughs> or the, or the jerk? Um, you know, like, I definitely, I was the person who, like, kind of played, who, like, tried to, like, jump into every crowd, you know? Like, I didn't want to be defined by... You know, we had one, we had like the good kids. They were called like the Saved by the Bell crew, you know? <laughs> you know, and then we had like, there's like the bad kids over here who kind of like smoked pot on the weekends. And I wanted to be able to kind of like not be defined and really just bounce around and get my taste of every crew. So I kind of, you know, I was a bit more of a chameleon like that. No, that's, that's, that's probably the right place to be. Uh, would you yourself live in the smart house? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I've, my mom always kind of makes fun of me. She goes, well, she's not making fun, but she's, she's like, you were in the show Smart House and now you're living in the Smart House. I've made my house, you know, I did all the light switches so that when oh, I nice. talk to Siri, it does the lights, you know, it does the lights yeah. and I talk to Siri and it turns on the fireplace. So I think I'm definitely trying to live the dream. <laughs> Have you nailed the smoothie orange, you know, issue that the Smart House had? Uh, yeah, we definitely got that fixed. Yeah, I talked to the people. Yeah, <laughs> no issues on the smoothie side. 
Um, what is your favorite Disney Channel original movie aside from Smart House? Can you throw some at me that I might, aside from the, I don't think I saw Alley Cats. I don't know if you saw like Brink or Johnny Tsunami, Cadet Kelly, Halloween Town, Don't Look Under the Bed, Can of Worms, Genius. I'm probably just naming films that maybe were a little older at the time. You know, when I watched these movies, I was like five years old. I think I was a little outside the range of a lot of these films, you know? Yeah, I... Unfortunately, I don't have a favorite of those. I, you know, what about yeah. a favorite kid? What about a favorite kids movie? Favorite kids movie. What's my favorite kids movie? I mean, I always go. You know, obviously, my favorite of that era is Back to the Future and the whole series. Um, and the the movies that resonate with me are like Back to the Future and Gremlins and um, you know. Indiana Jones and like this kind of like adventure blockbusters, Jurassic Park, the original, like there's no feeling like watching that film for the first time and really feeling like the magic of of cinema and the adventure of of identifying with those kids in that scenario. Uh, E.T., you know, like those are those are my like kid films that I think of. Gotcha. And last one, uh, would you sign up to be in a Smart House sequel? I know during the film they mentioned that Sarah Barnes is working on a Smart Office, so maybe you and Ryan Merriman's character are now working together, you know, in the Smart Office. Maybe there's a Smart School that you potentially are teaching at. Uh, would you sign up? Is, are people actually working on this, or you're just messing with me? <laughs> I'm messing with you. I'm completely messing they with better. you. They <laughs> better. I think that, uh, you know, there's a lot of desire out there for a Smart House sequel. And uh, I think it would only be smart to uh, pay back to the fans because I know they want to see it. I think it may be just like a Black Mirror episode now, to be honest. I don't even know if it's like it's, a kid's it's movie. Kind of off. It's like Smart House takes over and it gets a little dark. That's exactly right. Um, <laughs> no, to, to be honest, I think it would be amazing if anyone did anything with the material. I think, you know, again, the nostalgia factor is high and people would love to see anything related to it. Um, uh, but yeah, I hope they do something. They they actually talked about doing a, a TV show right after it was made. Unfortunately, that never ended up happening. But um, you know, there's with with the material now and all the streaming services, um, you know, I, it wouldn't surprise me if somebody um, went ahead and you know turned it into something else. Yeah. Uh, last one, just for my listeners, I'm curious. They're wondering what you're up to now. Um, I believe you're still directing, maybe some you know, commercials for companies. What are you up to? That's right. I'm, uh, I do a lot of directing and editing for companies, uh, a lot in the digital space. Um, so, um, big, you know, advertising campaigns that end up on YouTube, Snapchat, Instagram, um, all that sort of stuff. They come to me, we develop, you know, the creative around their idea or their product or their messaging and turn that into, um, you know, really cool content, commercials, TV shows that tend to live on the, in the digital space. I also just did something for Nickelodeon um, that was the, uh, it was a Kristen Bell town hall where they address all these concerns uh, regarding COVID-19 and delivering like truthful information to kids who have a lot of questions about it, who might not be sure exactly what information is real and false. Um, so I was an editor on that. Um, which was crazy creating something 
that was shot entirely on webcams. Uh, we had probably, you know, a combination of 20 editors and producers wow. put that together, pulled an overnight shift assembling the cut and getting that um, off to another editor to address final, final notes on it. Um, but they shot on Thursday, aired that show on Monday on uh, broadcast TV on Nick. So that was a, it was a hustle and uh, pretty cool to accomplish. Oh, yeah. No, that's incredible. Jason, thank you so much for joining the Relunchables podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks for finding me. I would like to thank my guest, Jason Lansing, for coming on the podcast. You can subscribe to the Relunchables podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please leave us a rating or review. Five stars only. This week, we'll also be joined by the writer of Smart House, Stuart Krieger. So stay tuned. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube